Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to Perfectly Flawed. I'm Terry, and together with Lauren and Tammy, we bring you Perfectly Flawed. Come on in and take a seat at our table. Boy, do we have an exciting day today. Holy mackerel, our guest is on fire, as far as I'm concerned. She is my superhero. So, we're going to start with just her first name, because I'm going to drag this one out. So, we are going to go with, her first name is Dawn, and we are doing a warrior goddess card on the fly, like usual, for Dawn. So, warrior goddess Dawn comes in like a hammer, she gives you some love, and then she actually tells you how it is. And she reminds you that strong women know what they want. They go for what they want. They don't have any excuses because they don't have time for them. Because they can go from homeless to homeowner in record time. So, if you are looking for a goddess who is going to back you up, and get you through those really tough times when you are clawing at the world. You are looking for the backup of Dawn. My friend, Dawn Shireen, the successful podcast host, as well as an entrepreneur who creates one-of-a-kind plushies that bring, that become real with love. So, Dawn, I cannot wait for everybody to hear your story. You and I, well, we've known each other for a million years, okay? As long as we, probably close to as long as we've been alive. But two years ago, we met again on Facebook. And so I kind of want to start Dawn's story about two years ago where I watched this woman claw and kick ass. Dawn, welcome to our table, my friend. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> so how's everybody doing? <laughs> so, Dawn, welcome. So what do you want to talk about, Terry? Welcome to the table. And I want to start out with, tell our listeners about, well, first of all, I mean, being homeless, right? Somebody who goes from homeless to homeowner and podcast in less than two years. I mean, that is amazing. And I want our listeners to know that no matter what their circumstances are, they can pull out a miracle. And all they need is to hear from the secrets from us. So tell them your secret. Uh, my secret was not giving up. I was actually homeless four times within a 16-month period. Um, none of it actually being my fault, although I had made some terrible decisions, which you know led to the homelessness. Uh, the last one being that I trusted somebody to um, be roommates without a lease. And um, 12 days before Christmas, he actually called sheriffs on me to tell them that I had threatened to kill him with a hammer, which was just ridiculous because I had a BB gun on my bed that if I had wanted to actually harm him, I could have harmed him. But um, 
I was thrown out with my dog and my cat at the time. Um, I had on a bathrobe, two mismatched boots, my pajamas, and um, that was it. And I was homeless at that time. Had no idea what I was going to do. Um, went to Catholic Charities, and they fortunately put us up for uh, 30 days in a hotel room, which was unheard of considering that I have a pit bull. Um, I was I was very lucky. Everybody said that was karma because I had done so much good in the community, working at the soup kitchen and uh, having taught Sunday school and working with the homeless vets. See again, working with the homeless vets, and um, that it was karma that actually graced me on that. Um, I fell into an opportunity where there was a trailer that um, they were going to actually destroy. But instead of doing it, they opted to give me a chance to buy it um, kind of as a test run to see if I would, you know, actually make it through the whole time. So I bought my trailer for, you know, under 2K and um, I made it within 10 months because I told my dog that, you know, I would get him a house by Christmas time. And in October we were moving in. So um, but it's constantly you have to you have to want it. And you have to want to live because when you're homeless, man, it is bleak. And there's some moments where you're not even sure that you want to live anymore because it's just so dark. But, um, yeah, it was persistence. And I also had my dog, which, you know, kind of spurred me on that, you know, my old boy needed a home. And I wasn't going to let him be homeless anymore, living in bathrooms. And, I mean, we, we couch hopped and... Uh, but we literally did. We lived in a bathroom for four months in a closed down campground where we could lock the door. Thank God we could lock the door. And we lived there um, in a bathroom, campground bathroom, nonetheless, and um, just never gave up. And, you know, that's what the deal is. You cannot give up. If you find yourself in a dark situation, you have to, like, see that light. You have to know that that light is there. You can't stop believing in yourself because as soon as you do that, that's when you're going to fail. As long as you believe in yourself, someone else is going to see that spark in you and they're going to give you an opportunity to buy a trailer or to have that job or to go to school or whatever it is that you want that you don't think that you can achieve. You have to just keep your light shining and someone will see that light and they're going to pick up on it. And the next thing you know, you're going to be where you wanted to be or even in a better place that you never imagined that you could be in. So that's how I did it. Perseverance, belief, and um, a lot of hard work. And, um, you know, and here we are in our place. It's not perfect, you know. I call it my dilapidated little shack. But um, it's becoming less dilapidated as time goes on. And I'm working on it. And it really is a work in progress. But there's a lot of love here. And um, I really wouldn't trade it for anything in the world which is funny because people are always like, don't you want something better? And I'm like, better? What's better than this? This is our home. This is where we are. There's there's nothing better than home. And you're you know, happy. I never really had a home before. You know, I never had that. So it's like to say that I have a home now, it, it actually makes me almost want to tear up, you know, because it's like I finally achieved everything. Well, I pretty much achieved everything that I never thought I could have. So... You know, and that's what it is. You just cannot give up and you have to have belief. With belief, anything is possible. Yes. And that is it. You knew. You just knew. And I also kind of want to touch on that 
to let people know that, you know, because it, it is, you said, you just said that you volunteered for vet, for vets, but the fact of the matter is you yourself self are a vet and you were forgotten. You know, you came home and yeah. you had some, you had some mental health problems and, oh, sorry. And nobody's there to help. Yeah, I slipped through the cracks on that. Um, and I even think like when I was in the military, well, there's no doubt when I was in the military that there were signs of the bipolar that came through. Um, during that time, I was heavily drinking, trying to mask it because pretty much everybody in the military drinks. So I could mask my bipolar pretty easily that way. But looking back in hindsight, um, I was really ill during that period of time. And I came home and things with my family weren't great. And within a two week period of time of being at home, trying to get my feet back under myself and get a job and all that stuff. Um, I was pretty much left homeless at that time too, where I was thrown out of the house because I wasn't doing everything quick enough. And fortunately there was somebody that did drum corps who picked up the pieces on that and let me move in with him. Um, not as a romantic thing, cause that would have been a disaster, but as a friend roommate thing. And then I shortly after that, I became agoraphobic where I couldn't leave the guy's house for like, oh my God, almost 16 months. And I became a complete and utter burden to him. But um, he was very gracious and let me stay while I finally began therapy. And I started hypnosis at that time and um, got well enough that I could get a car and get a job and move out of his house after 16 months of of starting out as friendship and not ending as enemies but definitely not friends anymore mm -hmm. um i i overstayed my welcome but i didn't know what else to do you know i mean i couldn't go out to get the mail i couldn't leave the house i couldn't leave the front step of the house so um yeah the agoraphobia crept in and again, I never used my veteran status on that. Not that it probably would have helped because it wasn't like a war related injury because I never actually served in a combat mission. But um, yeah, the transition back from being in the military to being in civilian life was super difficult. And um, there's still times I feel like I haven't actually transitioned from that yet, you know, and I'm always like looking for direction and I'm not getting it. And it's like, oh yeah, you're not going to get that anymore because you're not in the military anymore. But I have um, great empathy for all the homeless vets in general, but especially on this mountain where I live in Arizona, there seems to be an astounding amount of homeless vets, homelessness in general but homeless vets who we've finally set up a veteran's village for them, but can only house like 16 men. And the women, again, are left out of the equation on that. Um, I guess in Phoenix, there is one for women veterans, but that's one for how many veterans retire in the state of Arizona. I mean, I'm going to say an easy 60,000 veterans in the state of Arizona. Um, and any of us at any time are looking at homelessness. I mean, let's be honest about right. it. You know, most people are one paycheck away from homelessness. So it's not, it's not that far fetched that anybody just with one error of a check mm -hmm. could wind up homeless. Um, you know, I mean, it's that simple, just one grievous error. Yep. And the next thing you know, you're living in your car or you're living in a bathroom in a campground. I mean, Yep. You know, and it's it's terrible, but that's what it is. So it's like, 
and I don't know that there was any way I could have avoided this homelessness because it only, well, I could have, I could have um, had better choices, but you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And at those times I thought I could trust these people. And um, now I'm very wary of who I trust, you know, but I also own my own home. So the fact that being homeless will just come down to me not paying my lot fee for where my trailer is at, you know, something, again, another stupid choice could lead me to be homeless, but I've learned my lesson four times in 16 months is definitely enough on the learning curve to not do that again. Yep. And, and at least, you know, where your issues are, you know, some people there's, I mean, things like you said, one paycheck away and it could be, you get sick and you don't work that week or something happens. And that is very common, which is one of the reasons why you and I've talked before that I want to eventually have these homes so that when people are going through that kind of an issue, we can get them some mental help. Because let's face it, if you had had somebody to talk to who understood what you'd been through or a coach, you would have been so much better off because they wouldn't have let you fall back into that. They would have said, hey, I'm a coach. I'm not just somebody you're going to push off. You're going to have to listen to me. Whereas like a, a therapist, they're you know, their time is limited. They're surrounded by insurance laws and issues and things like that. And I don't think that our veterans, especially, you know, I realize even if you don't see combat, let's face it, they're readying you for combat. So you've seen things. And, you know, I just, I think that we don't do a good job that if we ask someone to do a job, like if we asked a policeman to go to work and support us, that we should have services where when they're not feeling okay that they should be able to say hey I need to talk to somebody and they should feel completely comfortable doing that uh you know I think it needs to be and I right, love I just, that you brought that out in the podcast about being we bipolar don't because, you know because we're brought when you go into basic training you're taught to be self-resilient and yeah. you know to depend on only yourself so there's a pride factor of realizing that you're you're not okay and then having to go and go to your commander and tell him that because you have to when you're in the military, you have to go through your commander before you can seek any kind of mental health help, which definitely is going to make people not want to do that because going to talk to the commander is not always the best thing, you know, and then there's your secret is blown because he has to write reports and he has to do all this and all that. And the next thing you know, everybody knows that you have some kind of a mental health issue. And instead of making spurring people out to get help, there's it it's a bullying thing in that, that, Oh, you're not strong enough to get through this. You're not, you're not enough to do this by yourself. So, you know, there was a lot of pride in me finally getting well and finally breaking down at the age of 40, um, to be finally diagnosed with the bipolar and uh, borderline personality disorder. And I do have uh, complex PTSD, which, you know, stems from childhood. However, you know, my whole life, after you know being based on childhood has been um nothing short of a nightmare i mean there's been good points in my life there's been high points in my life however if i had had a different childhood you know the what if game right if i had a different childhood what could it have been had i been nurtured in a way that you know in nurtured period you know um I can't play that game all i know is that at the age of 40 i was finally diagnosed and i accepted it like two years later, I stopped drinking, which I was a full-blown alcoholic by the age of 12. 
so you know self self medicating because I wasn't okay and mm-hmm. didn't didn't have a voice you know even at that age I didn't have a voice I didn't know how to how do you at 12 years old go up to your parents and say hey I'm a full-blown alcoholic what are you gonna you know can you help me with this mm-hmm. again the pride factor was huge it's for me too, yeah. so you know I just lived with it and I maintained, you know, and I still graduated high school with honors, you know, scholarships, um, a 4.3 average, and nobody knew how far gone I was, um, you know, and then losing my dad at 15 only exacerbated the drinking, um, but nobody noticed at that point in time. It was just, my whole family was just so destroyed that nobody was paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, at the age of 40, diagnosed with bipolar and the, the other, you know, the other diagnoses, and um, started getting help. Went into DBT when I was like 44, which is dialectical behavioral training, Correct. which helps to rewire your brain yes. and how you think about yourself and how you think. And um, that literally saved my life. I mean, I'm not going to pull punches. The DBT helped me to realize that everything I thought I knew was pretty much wrong. Yep. <laughs> you know, everything yep. I'd been taught was pretty much not the truth. And, um, it was a two-year process of the DBT. So, you know, anybody, I, I highly suggest anybody who even thinks that you have a mental health issue, go and get evaluated. You know, go get help early. Nip it in the bud. You know, don't wait like I did to, you know, I can't say I lost all my life because I plan to live to be 116. There you but, go. You know, so I lost the first third of my life, right, being right. ill. But um, at least now I have it as much under control as possible with medication and i have a bomb therapist this time around because i've had some really crappy therapists that right. probably set me back further than they actually helped me because you and i you aren't know, therapists and a who listen right we're not therapists and we're not doctors but you've seen no, some bad therapists not at all. yeah but i've lived it so you know i i you know no i'm not a doctor and no i'm not a real therapist but you, although you know been i can talk it. to people about it and yep. and you know and help them to realize that maybe they sh- they could go talk to somebody and feel better about themselves yeah you know it doesn't necessarily have to be in the medical field it could just it could be a coach or um some kind of like a peer advisor who does have some form of training yeah to um you know to just talk Yep. You know, I mean, the best friend is good to have, too, just to talk. However, they can't give you a diagnosis or lead you into, you know, a medical, if it needs to go medical. Right, and know? sometimes, you know, sometimes. sometimes it does. People need to know that sometimes it can't, you know. I mean, especially, like, I went through um, postpartum depression. It's not really something you can just snap out of. Unfortunately, at that point, there was medications needed to get me out of it. And, you know, there are times when we do need a doctor or a therapist, you know, to at least diagnose it and and give us a a definite, especially one that actually listens to us when when we're saying how we feel, because that's also so important. And I bet well, your best key. ones. If you don't have a doctor who's listening to you, then because you know we know our bodies and we know our minds and we know when something is wrong. You know, long before long before they could diagnose us with yeah. anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I knew I was sick for probably since I was like six years old. I knew something was totally wrong with me, but I didn't. Again, I had no voice, and even if I had had a voice, who was going to listen to a kid? 
who's saying something's not clicking right in my head and they're just going to be like no you're just moody you're just you know what i mean you're just you're, you're just playing this and I wasn't, you know, I didn't even know how to play it. I just knew that I wasn't like everybody else. And then I really wasn't, but that's why I excelled at school. I found something to dive into where I could be noticed for the positive yep. and, you know, and, and still mask the, you know, and being bipolar, um, most of us are extremely intelligent. It's not, it's not, we're not these we're not what we're portrayed to be on TV and bad movies and in books. That's maybe one not even 1%. I'd say it's probably under 0.02% of the people that are the, you know, the mass murderers and all that stuff that you see. Um, most of us are highly intelligent mm -hmm. um, introverts. And creative. Because we have very creative. And very creative, you know, extremely smart and creative. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like, most of your artists and, and musicians and writers, they, that's, it's based on their bipolarity. And, um, you know, would I change it? Like everybody says, you know, you have the blue pill and the red pill. Would you take the pill? And I wouldn't, you know, because I wouldn't have taken it even back before I was diagnosed because who would I be? It taught you everything. You taught you everything. Yeah. It taught you how to, well, I mean, I, I honestly, I believe a lot of the reason why you were able to change your life so quickly was because of what you went through, because of what you lived through. You know, just like we talked about with me, with my mom and knowing what she was going through with the withdrawal after coming out of the hospital, you know, you just, you, you knew, you yeah. knew what you needed to become this strong, amazing woman, because now you're empowering more women and you're out here sharing your story so that other women don't have to wait as long as you did. Right. Other, well, other women, but just anybody in general, like I really want to reach kids before they get to a suicide point in their lives. Yes. They feel so out of touch with yep. everything. Um, but I mean, yeah, to empower women is definitely key because, you know, women rule the world. So and if, if we're we don't empowered, have strong our women, kids are. we're not going to have a strong world, you know? Yep. Yep. And so, if, and if, you know, we... so that's what it is. And I mean, you're empowering, you're empowering women all the time and I do it subtly. I'm not quite out there as much as you are, but I will be speaking for NAMI soon. Um, the national Alliance for the mentally ill. Um, I will be their keynote speaker for their, um, their dinner coming up, uh, probably, wow. Under, under like four months. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized how quick that's See? coming up. But yeah, so I mean, I hope to empower everybody to, if they're not mentally ill, to at least recognize the fact that mentally ill people are still people. We are human. We're yes. not this pigeonholed group of group that I don't know how people think about us, but I know that the stigma still exists and it's time to break the stigma yes. and just realize that we're people just like you. We just have a disease, um, no less than a diabetic, no less than, you know, somebody with a cancer, you know, yeah. no less than you know, whatever other diseases are out there. Um, you know, like I know Kaylee has what MS, right? It's no different than any of that. We're, we're just, we're people with a disease and don't stigmatize us because you're not going to stigmatize somebody with diabetes and be like, Oh, you're always complaining about that. You know, it's like, we're, right. we're no different. We just, you know, we just need understanding. And I think if people understood it better, we'd be less, we'd be less likely to hide. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. I think our suicide rate would go and, down too. You know, if if people just need to understand that we're we are human, we're like you, 
we just have to take medication every day to to you know i mean it's no biggie it's not we're not like what everybody thinks we are yep it's... which i don't know because i really don't care what people think i am anymore i finally got to that point of just living my life to the best of my ability to my own happiness you know and um you know, and, and manifesting what it is that I want in my life, which I am, you know, and um, it's amazing. It's amazing when you get to that point of not caring what other people think that you, you the world is yours. Like, yep. you know, the world is your oyster. I wouldn't want the oyster, but I want the pearl. Right? Yep, <laughs> yep. And you have yes. that light. You have that amazing light that just shines so that people know, hey, I've been through shit, but you know what? Here I am. I'm still standing every single day and I am kicking it. I am running a podcast. I'm running a business, you know? I mean, that is impressive. Really impressive. So I, I just, I think that. Right. Well, I don't women... introduce myself as. You know, when I introduce myself, I don't go, hi, I'm bipolar. My name is Dawn. Right? I, that's not, that's not the way you do it. It's like, hey, I'm Dawn Shereen. What do you want to know about me? And then if it comes up, it comes up. But I'm not wearing it like a badge. I'm right. not. I'm not a victim. Nope. You know, I'm a. I'm a survivor, and I don't even introduce myself as that because it's obvious when people start talking that wow, this girl's been through it and she made it. So what am I going through? Uh, I can make it through this. That's you know? right. And that's I think that's what. That. Yeah, the, what we really want the listeners to know is that hey. You may listen to this story. Maybe you'll hear something. Maybe you'll know. You can do it too. Everybody. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody can get through what they're going through. You just have to have the desire to succeed and, and get through it. I'm not going to say get over it because there's things that you're just never going to get over, but you can get through it yep. and start on the other side. And eventually, hopefully, one day, you'll be able to help other people get through their own stuff too because you know we're all similar we all have shit and um you know i mean that's our common bond as humans we all go through stuff and we either choose to go through it or let it go through us that is so good oh my gosh that is perfect <laughs> so dawn any last things you any last piece of advice you have for our listeners before we wrap up that um or anything that's coming up what's your next episode would you let them know the name of your podcast and your next episode yeah my podcast is called dancing with bipolar and you can find it on all the um all the regular spots you know on uh, google podcast apple on breaker on speak on what is breaker i can't remember the other one that i have but on all the all the usual stuff that you can find it and I generally do my podcast on Sunday, Sunday nights, and put it right up. I don't do any editing. I'm just I'm pretty raw yeah. about it. And um, also, if you're looking for a, a one-of-a-kind gift for somebody, Christmas is coming up. I'm going to start a Christmas line. Uh, look at Little Backhack Creations. It has a Facebook page, and I've actually started putting ads out. So um, it's out there. So, yeah, those are my two things is the podcast Dancing with Bipolar and the Little Bag at Creations is my company. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dawn, for joining us at our table. And if any of you want to take a seat at our table, come on in. There's room. Have a great night, beautiful souls. 
we have a special announcement, beautiful souls. A friend of mine, Allison Robertson, is releasing a book. Allison is an actress, a motivational speaker, a transformational coach, a podcast host of Hold the Drama, and her empowering debut book is Enoughness, The Simple Truth of Embracing You. She helps you create your perfect life. Check out allisonrobertson.com to see where you can get the book. Have a great day.